All right, we're sitting on the deck today. We got my buddy Nate Kennedy with us. Uh, starting off the first podcast of our Healthy Husband, Husband Project. I see, I already fucked it up. Our Healthy Husband Project. Just edit that out. Yeah, I just edit that all out. I have to become really good at editing for this show. So, we're just having a conversation, catching up. This is the first time we've seen each other since the whole coronavirus thing went down. Well, really since Jackson was born. Yeah, so since the uh, New Year's Eve. Since New Year's Eve. We saw each other briefly, but uh, it's been like five, six months. So, we just spent about an hour catching up. Hopefully, we were left some stuff for the actual episode. Plenty to rehash. Yeah. But the whole uh, whole point of this podcast is just have conversations dads to other dads uh just talking about how to show up as fathers show up as husbands uh, put yourself first and and just open conversations about connecting and, and what we can do for each other to you know and just empower empower other other men so we're here today with nate nate's a good uh candidate for this show goes through all the struggles that normal dads do but he's a pretty awesome guy so i'm excited to sit down and chat today Nate, start us off with a little bit of your background and your your story. Sure. Thanks, Dan, for having me. I appreciate being uh, part of this and uh, being involved in the introduction to this new endeavor of yours. Um, I am a longtime Rhode Island resident. I met Dan through the gym. He's a lifer. Yeah, I've been been a lifer intermittently. I uh, met Dan through the gym and... Uh, I started doing CrossFit uh, back in 2012 in another gym in Boston. But when I moved down here, when my wife got a job down uh, here in Middletown, went to Dan's gym and loved it. So it was an uh, active member from that point forward. I'm a father of two small kids, five-year-old Ben and four-year-old Harry. Is and he four now? Harry's four. If Harry turned four during the corona, the, the corona Whatever saga. Yeah. Yeah. And... Um, we had a small little birthday for him. A cupcake. Sad. <laughs> Singular cupcake. I thought you had her. a cake. Oh, yeah. No, I made a cupcake for Jess for her birthday. Oh, yeah. I was like, I thought Harry had got a cake. I made a dinosaur cake for Harry. Um, but, yeah, so I have two small kids. Uh, I'm also a, uh, a business owner. I uh, run a sole practice law firm in Massachusetts. After almost 10 years of being a prosecutor working for... Plymouth County DA's office. I left there in December to open my own law practice, focusing on criminal defense primarily. Um, and it was a really good time to leave a steady state paying job with benefits and health insurance <laughs> and all of those things right around December to then open my own law firm into the world of Corona. So that's been fun. Yeah, there's a lot of law going on right now. A lot of law. So with the courts being closed, uh, at least until next month, and no trials occurring until September, you can imagine my billing is really up. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, no. Um, father, husband, try to be an active person, live a healthy lifestyle. So I appreciate being involved in this inaugural, inaugural project with Dan. Awesome. So tell us a uh, first question, just like to ask everybody it's the first time but this is going to be the first question that we ask everybody what's the best part of being a dad for you um there's so much uh i think it's really just to see the kids grow and how they change over time and develop their own personalities and to see kind of uh, 
I guess it's somewhat egotistical and a little narcissistic, but to see how much of you is in them and to see like where that comes out in different places. Cause it almost like, it's a cool reflection to see where, you know, your kids picked up on things that you are the little, little, uh, gestures that you do or little things that they copy. And so it's fun to see yourself through them. Uh, but to really just see them grow and become their own person is what I just love most. So I know this a little bit, uh, cause I'm close with you guys, but you and Jess weren't planning on having kids. No, that's something we talk about a lot with people who are uh, talking about having kids or, you know, are gonna be new parents is that, you know, for Jess and I, it was never part of our plan. It, it was a conversation we had a lot about when we first started dating and we were first married. We saw a lot of dads and moms just miserable with new kids and their relationships were falling apart and, the stress of being a parent didn't seem like the benefit of being a parent was worth it. And so Jess and I had made a decision early on that we didn't really want kids and we were gonna, you know, live the wayward lifestyle, just traveling the globe. Um, and at some point we decided, all right, let's give it a shot. Let's see what happens. We'll, we'll start we'll start trying and see if we have a kid, we have a kid. If we don't, we don't. And uh, happened pretty quickly. So Ben came along and then it changed the mindset completely about children. Then decided to have another. Then decided to have another right, real quickly right after that, which I, I recommend doing the back to back. Everyone's got a different idea about that, but get it out of the way. Get it out of the way. I would have liked to have just had twins to start it out, but no, it's it's so nice even in this environment, like to have the two of them have each other. Not only is it nice for mom and dad to have built-in playmates, but like yeah, right. I can't. I, only child right now would, I can imagine it would be very difficult for like a young kid to not have a playmate like just to play to go run outside with and do stuff with I'm glad that we had had them so close in time yeah definitely how long have you and Jess been together uh, 13 years we've been you know together we've been married for 10 years in September awesome uh, what is what's like one of the most challenging parts of being being a dad patience um, patience is definitely something that I find to be you have a hard time with on those long days when the kids are not cooperating um, it's hard to maintain composure maintain presence and patience with them and to recognize that you're dealing with a five-year-old and a four-year-old and you're not dealing with an otherwise rational human being so like they're not thinking at a 36 year old person's level and they to, don't think like us or no and to try to have that conversation in that level with them can you have to remind yourself, like, this is a four-year-old. You have to talk to them like a four-year-old's going to understand. That's that's tough for me. I think it's good uh, It's good practice. Yeah. I said that about, it's one of the reasons Donald Trump won. Whether, whatever side of politics you're on, we probably said I wasn't going to talk about <laughs> politics on this. But uh, he was the, I think it was a statistic, that he was the one candidate in this most recent election that uh, he had the lowest... Uh, basically speaking level. It was like a third grade level. Everybody else spoke at like a ninth or a seventh. Yeah. So dumb it down. It helps. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if You're I... practicing. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with that. You could be the next president. Yeah. Yep. So what, uh, how's Corona been for you guys in the, in the family? Corona's been, had its definite challenges, but you know, ultimately when you're frustrated, when you're, 
having a bad day, I recognize how fortunate I am because, yeah, my business is suffering, but there's food on the table and my kids are healthy and my family's healthy. And so like, I know that there's a lot of people out there who have it way, way worse than what my wife and I are going through, but there are definitely challenges throughout the day. And those challenges are my wife and I trying to run two startup businesses you know, from home without being able to function in a normal capacity while we're still trying to raise two kids and maintain our relationship. And so- It sounds simple. Yeah, I mean, it's like completely doable, but um, you know, that's, that's definitely the hardest is to try to balance those things and, and do them at least to a, a satisfactory point, like not just get by, but to try to find some enrichment in your children's lives. We're outside also, so you might hear some motor vehicles. In the back. Yeah, it's all those out-of-state motorcycles coming yeah. down to enjoy our beaches. Yep. Um, but yeah, that's it's that trying to still find enrichment, trying to find the ways that you can have your kids learn something of the day. Like, you don't want them just to be thrown in front of a, a TV so that you can go upstairs and do work. And some days it's like that. Some days, you know, it's just forced to put on some magic school bus and, you know, make some calls. Yeah. I imagine that some days it's like all you all you can handle. That's all you got. But other days, like, you try to... And it doesn't even have to be structured, but we've been trying to do things like building projects. You know, we built a swing set. We built a garden. You know, we're, I taught them about the, the biology of the gardening as we go along and why the seed turns into a plant. And so, like, the practical stuff that you wouldn't normally get necessarily in school... Um, that's the stuff we've been trying to enrich the kids with. And then, you know, with Jess and I, we have tried to find moments of just time for us, whether it be after we put the kids to bed or, you know, if we give them a special treat of, like, some iPad time, her and I having a cocktail hour or some moment where we can steal away just to have some adult relationship time. Yeah, that's, that's so hard. I mean, that's what Sarah and I have been trying to navigate is uh, how the two of us can still show up for each other and like and still have some sort of romantic relationship mm -hmm. when you're stuck at home we have a four month old and uh, it's yeah there's not a lot of moment for moments for romantic encounters for sure nope there's uh you steal it when you can and uh, that's which what you got to do but you said, you know, showing up for each other. And I think that's really the most important thing is that even on the most frustrating days is you just pull it together and show up for the other person, whether that be, you know, shouldering more of the burden of the child rearing or shouldering more of the burden of the household duties or just just doing what needs to be done to get the day done. Yeah. Let's change gears a little. Let's talk like the positives of quarantine. Yeah, there's a lot of those, that's for sure. I mean, you can't overlook the fact that there's no other circumstance where you would be spending this much quality time with your kids. And yeah, 100%. I think as a, a modern dad and mom, there's a lot of guilt with sending the kids off to daycare and focusing on your job all day long. And I know that I thought to myself many times, like, I'm just paying for them to be raised by someone else. Like, I'm going to work to make money to pay someone else to raise my kids. And now you have an opportunity to spend so much time. And I love it. I really do. Like, I love my kids. I think that they're fantastic. And so that's 
something that I think is huge positive. It's really brought focus so much more back to family and like the core of who we are in family. Yeah, I think that's good for so many people. I mean, you have all the memes talking about parents actually appreciating the uh, teachers and uh, yeah, just teachers of their kids. You yeah. know, like they have to handle them all day. But uh, yeah, we're really thankful for that. I mean, four months into Jackson's life, obviously we're gonna have spent a lot of time with him being a newborn, but even more so now it's just, it's amazing. Like we get to see, we don't miss on the first of anything because we're there all the time with him. Yeah, is pretty, that's huge. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. Uh, any other like, positives that you see coming out of, coming uh, out of it? Yeah, for sure. I think like everything has been reset. Like every aspect of life is not just hit a pause, but hit a full hard reset. It, it, your career focus, uh, you know, like how I've been attacking my, my profession totally changed my perspective on how I've been going about it. Um, you know, like the the way that I do things at home, like uh, um, like recreational time, like that's something that I find a lot of joy now in like building stuff. I never thought about like I've never been a builder, but like I'm just going to. I right, gotta tell everybody what you've been building. So I built the swing set. I mean, I didn't build the swing set. Like I was put it together. It put it together, yeah, yeah. but. It was intense, and like people say, it takes like a hundred hours to put some of these together. Like it wasn't that bad. You have a screwdriver and a hammer, and you put the damn thing together. But I, I'm kind of like dreading putting together our first swing set now after hearing about. Yeah, it's your... tough. But then I built a chicken coop, and I built a, you know, I rebuilt my deck, and I built a patio, and I'm tearing down my screen porch and putting up a new one. And you know, I've got a lot of projects that scare Jess, but I'm I'm just doing it, and I'm learning as I go, and that's something I find. I, I think it's super meditative to like just be in the midst of building something like you're super you're present in that moment and i love it and it's something i never realized i loved so much yeah i see it in a time of like <clears throat> so typical life pre-covid was just so fast-paced i mean we went to we went to australia just what, like three years ago now that we went and even on australia which is by no means like a slow pace place we were interacting uh with obviously people that live there and just talking, communicating and chatting about life. And one of the big things that I took away was the pace of life so much slower. Mm -hmm. Like they took time to, during the week when it was nice, go to the beach and surf, yep. just like be there. Yeah. And like they weren't rushing from thing to thing to thing to thing. They took breaks. They had, like they just had moments to actually like soak in life and then the, they always made comments uh, as us being kind of the Americans in the group about uh, just how fast paced everything is in the United States. Yeah. And how it's just, we always are like the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. So I think like in this, there's a lot of good in people slowing down. Well, I think you, you hit a really good point and I, not to be like an armchair sociologist, but I think that's why Americans have had such a hard time with the shutdown besides losing their jobs and you know, yeah, professions and everything but like that <laughs> besides, that besides putting food on the table they've had to come to terms with this really slowing down of the pace of their life and I think that that causes a lot of discomfort in people they just don't know what to do with themselves yeah. like it's the first time I've opened a book and actually read a book in I think Jess pointed it out the last book I read was in 2012 all right, man. And so now I, this is the first time I've actually cracked a book. And it's just, 
I'm embracing it, but I know a lot of people can, that's an uncomfortable feeling to have is to say like, what am I going to do to fill my time? And so that's why I think you see like a lot of people drinking more and, you know, turning to other, it's not so yeah, healthy things. Definitely liquor stores are not having a hard time yeah, during this. Neither are the pot shops, but. Yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the really interesting conversations around it is just that the fact that when people have to slow down, spend time with themselves, spend time like at home, spend time with their families, you see some people that are really struggling. Mm -hmm. uh, and for me, that's kind of eye-opening. Like what's going on there? Like, um, and, and maybe like that's the, that's the good in all of this is understanding that like we were masking what was really lying under the surface by just being all about our career and our job. Right. Uh, being all about, you know, going out to dinner, going out to bars, like being busy in our lives uh, and never taking a second to actually focus inward uh, and, and do some reflection, spend some time with ourselves and really see how that like that sits. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's hard. I think uh, the drastic, the juxtaposition of such a crazy life to now all of a sudden having all this time alone was a little too quick for people. Yeah. But I think in the end, it's it's only positive. I think there's definitely a lot of positives to be drawn from it, but it's going to take people to recognize that. It, it, it takes a lot for people to, I think, take themselves out of the moment to say like, oh, all right, there's something good about this. So uh, I think hopefully people can, uh, the majority of people can say like, okay, now I see some of the, my focus was on the wrong stuff or my focus was on the things that didn't really matter. And... You know, like I said, it was a hard reset on, I think, a lot of people's perspective on uh, family, work, everything. And that's a that can only be a good thing. Yeah. Where uh, you could take your boys anywhere and let's say that uh, travel went perfectly. Yeah. You didn't have to think about, like, the nightmare of traveling with two young boys. Where would you take them? Well, I... Uh... I had a dream the other night that I actually was on this weird machine. It's called a plane that people used to use oh, back yeah. in the day. Yeah, yeah, I heard about them. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, I would I would go back to Europe because um, I had done a study abroad in Spain when I was in college. And one of the reasons I actually loved being in Spain so much is exactly what you were just saying, is that the pace of life was so much slower. Yeah. And the focus was so much more on just, like, living. And, uh, you know... I found that to be, I love that pace of life. I loved everything about that. And I would love to bring my kids into an environment like that where, you know, you take a huge chunk of the middle of your day and you just enjoy a good meal and talk to your family and then take a nap. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, you're not just sitting there at work, you know, in a fluorescently lit windowless room. Yeah. So my brother was telling, my brother's in the Navy station in Rota, Spain right now. I'm the destroyer there. And he was saying that, because we were talking about when to go to Spain, uh, Sarah and I, to visit. And he was advising us on, like, the best times, nicest weather, but also he's in southern Spain, so, like, the beaches, it's where it's, like, snowboards, snowbirds go to Florida to get some sunshine and warmth. And so he was saying that during their same summer, but during the summer, all the people from the cities they all take a month off mm -hmm. and just go south. Yep. 
So he was like, during July, August, like, you don't want to be here because everyone from the cities is here because mm-hmm. everyone just takes the time. I mean, it's, it's freaking amazing. Yeah, and that's that's why I want, I would want my boys to see a place where, you know, people are focused on slowing down, focusing on some food and drink and kind of like the richer things in life that are not just focused on, you know, career. And not that th- those things are not important. It's just that I value more the food, drink, slow pace of life. And I would want my kids to enjoy good company. Yeah, good company. Drink. Sitting in nature. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) sitting in nature. Exactly. Drinking and then. And drinking in nature. Yes. The. uh, Sarah and I have always had an idea that we would love to. Right now, only one kid plants two kids, but once we have them to spend a lot of time traveling mm-hmm. expose them to lots of different cultures and environments and yeah. it would be so cool to just be able to say okay we're going to go live in Australia for three months yeah wouldn't that be nice yeah yeah, that's the dream it's a plan well it's a good plan I like that I don't know if a traveling law firm will work that way <laughs> I don't know if I can do that you can do stuff remotely right yeah I, clearly it's yeah. been happening for two months well, I think that's that's another interesting point. This is going to reset all, the way that a lot of companies perceive uh, limitations on business. Yeah. So what they're capable of actually doing, how... There have been so many companies talking about not coming back to an office. Right. And uh, you actually, you brought up a, an interesting point about companies' resistance, I think, to wanting to have allowed their people to work from home or to um, work remotely a lot of companies like more progressive uh, you know thought processes are family focused and you know like let our people work from home or telecommute but then there are a lot of people who are just like no that can't happen you need the FaceTime you need the the butt in the seat to make it worthwhile and I worked for places like that and I found it to be so against again my value set particularly as I became a new dad because your priorities change and I remember at my old office saying to my boss at the time who was this fantastic um you know female prosecutor not that it matters female but i think she had a better understanding of what family focus meant so she was wanting to cultivate that in the younger new moms and dads at the office and she would give us the ability to telecommute on certain days work from home um or do different jobs within the office that allowed us to be able to work remotely and i found that to be such an amazing thing that when it changed and she was no longer in the office and that an older mindset came back into play where it was this, if your ass isn't in the seat and you're not in the office, then you're not actually working. I wanted to just rebel against that completely. I said that this is not, this is no longer an environment that's consistent with what I see as important. And that's what, that's what motivated me to leave my job is because I wanted to be home with the kids. I wanted to focus on them as much as I wanted to focus on career. And I wanted to find that balance. But now all those people who are saying, like, this can't be done if your ass isn't in the seat. Like, they see, like, okay, work is getting done. People are doing things just as productively and as efficiently and maybe even more efficiently than they were when they were stuck having to commute to some office somewhere just to be able to say they were in an office somewhere. Yeah, doing just as much work and less time and not having to commute. And your employees are miserable because they're doing that. So, like, it's a completely illogical scenario. So I, I hope that this is another hard reset on that mindset of like, no, okay, we can lighten up and we can allow people 
particularly where we have these amazing technologies, to work from home or work a more flexible schedule. So, yeah, Zoom stock is definitely. <laughs> it, it is kind of nice though that the pandemic happened in an age where technology yeah, yeah. was able to facilitate yeah. all of us to. Still well, I mean, function. That, also the consideration is if this happened. Uh, you know, a hundred years ago, we wouldn't have, no one would have known. Yeah, that's true. So like, and the media wouldn't be portraying this, this idea of, of what it is. But, uh, but yeah, that, that part of it is nice. I mean, it, we, we've had virtual cocktail meetings with, through Zoom with, uh, with family members that I haven't seen in a couple of years. That's, I think, another positive of the whole lockdown. It forced you to reconnect with people that, like, you. everyone was just so starved for interaction that you're reaching out to anybody, maybe sometimes, yeah, like, right. hey, what are you doing? And so I think it actually did open up channels of communication that had been maybe closed or had been limited to be more, you know, see friends more that you wouldn't have seen or to reach out to a person you hadn't talk to just to say hey how's it going and a lot of conversations i think focus around like what are you doing in quarantine and yeah how's your state handling it or whatever it is yeah, but yeah there's a lot of that i found that even as things start to lighten up and people are starting to go back to their quote-unquote normal lives that some of those connections that i reopened have stuck like i have a yeah. standing friday night call with a friend from law school that like we're just still doing it and even though she like florida's opened up and like she could go you know, do whatever she needs to do. Like we're still kind of valuing that moment in time where we're having yeah. a connection. That's like we have our friends that we met in Thailand. They're from Canada, and uh, yeah, we met in our trip to Thailand. Got really close in like three days there. Connected. They came in on and visited us in the fall, and so now, you know, we're doing virtual Zoom cocktails with them. When previously it would have just been like, hey, we'll, we'll come visit you in the future. Yep. And, you know, who knows when that's going to be. It's yeah. Three, six, 12 months down the road. Now it's like, hey, let's connect. Let's do a virtual cocktail. And that, uh, that facilitates the relationship even more so than just the, the yearly catch-up. Yeah. You know, you actually have a day-to-day -day or at least a week-to-week, -week, like, catch-up that makes the, the relationship, I think, more rich. I think it's more, it's going to be more of an accepted form of connection which is good yeah certainly people can definitely use it yeah so how's it been balancing fitness mm. uh, and nutrition that's definitely where I have lacked the most during the lockdown where I didn't have the structure of the, the traditional gym environment that I became so accustomed to like I was saying in my introduction I, I started CrossFit in 2012 and I became so reliant on that f form of fitness where you show up someone tells you what to do you do it and that's your their hour of you know working out for the day and so I don't want to completely derail but just yeah. to like talk about that point before uh, moving on I think that's one of the biggest as a gym owner things that I've struggled with is, and especially in lockdown, I, it's become very apparent to me that, if I'm honest, like I wasn't doing a great job of actually 
showing and teaching someone how to be self-reliant yeah. from a fitness perspective. Yeah, you really sucked at that. <laughs> so there's so many, but that, I mean, really though, there's like so many people now from the gym who are doing nothing mm-hmm. or struggling to figure out what to do or holding themselves accountable. And really like that should be the goal and the mission is to teach people how to be self-reliant so they don't need the gym. Yep. Uh, but anyway, again, that's another one yeah. of the hard resets. That's that's the thing. I'm like, this is reset that entire thing in my life. And I think in a lot of people's lives is they say, okay, I don't have this gym to go to every day. I don't have someone telling me, even though you can do a Zoom class, which is great. That's a great alternative. And I did, I think, two Zoom classes for our gym. Um, but it just, I don't know. It, one, I couldn't find the, the right time to go do that. So I was finding other times of the day to just try to move my body. And that's that, that's the best I could do in the time that I was doing it, battling with some illness and injury myself during this time period. I would just get down on the floor and do some stretch or try to do a little bit of yoga or, you know, I get on a bike and just do 15 minutes of some biking. Like it, just enough to try to move my body and to just try to feel like I wasn't completely losing everything that I had gained over the past, you know, eight or nine years or whatever hell I've been working hard at things for my diet though surprisingly it's amazing how much that I've done well with yeah. because and it's on it was a completely well, you, unintentional you're a good cook well that so. I guess that cooking helps um, that's for sure but I think I got like a little bit like uh, what's the word food insecure in a sense like I was like oh no if we're gonna have like food shortages or something I need to like ration my food <laughs> like completely unrealistically but like for a period of time I was saying like okay I this is my my carb my protein and my you know my fat for the day or for the, that meal like I was being very regimented about like kind of unnatural not like I wasn't purposefully doing my macros but i was like kind of just doing it out of just how the habit became came about um so i found myself and i wasn't drinking at all uh, initially so for the first like six weeks of being locked down i maybe had a drink or two the whole time so i found my sleep was better my mood was better like that was great and like i found myself actually looking more fit i don't i know that obviously there were certain things that were failing my muscle tone went away and you know my cardiovascular strength is probably nothing right now because i haven't gone for a run but certain things were surprisingly good during this this whole period of time and uh you know and as we get towards like the summer months and you can go more outside and do more stuff outside i i hope that i'm able to kind of get a little bit back on the the wagon of the fitness that i enjoy because it is a really important part of of my life being you know I think that's a really important point though like figuring out how to incorporate it into life so it just it doesn't feel like a a chore or a task that takes away from what you feel like you have to do that day it's just an easy it's just just a thing that you do that just fits into the schedule so making it as much a part of just like the normal day as possible and uh and yeah, like fitness is only, it's only important to the point that it takes away from your life in some way. So as long as you have the fitness to do the things that you love and want to be able to do. Right. And it's important that 
I know as a kid growing up seeing my dad really physically fit and very focused on his health was inspiring to see that you know you should take care of your body and my mom would you know eat right and cook good meals and those things inspired me to want to make sure my kids value those same things I want my kids to understand that like there's a difference between healthy food and treats and treat food or foods that you like you know you indulge in a, on a not as frequent basis and that you take care of your body and that you can do things to keep your body primed and I, I want them to see that I want them to not just have me preach to them about that I want them to see dad working out and they do to a certain extent like talk about wanting to be strong wanting to be usually it's in the context of I'm like going to both do push-ups and burpees they both do but I unfortunately it's not that they necessarily want to be strong like dad but they always say like I'm going to lift this and be strong like Dan and I say I'm <laughs> strong too guys um, and then when we say like you guys you know you gotta eat your vegetables to be big and strong they're like so we can be big like Dan I'm like so you can be big like dad Dan's not the only one who's strong and tall um, but yeah no th- those things are important that they, they see so having a strong male role model <laughs> yeah exactly yep and whoever that may be yeah <laughs> oh, yeah. now I, I I believe that's one of the most important parts about prioritizing fitness in the way that you eat is the example that you're setting for your kids uh, to see so many parents and dads who who don't do that who focus on career first and yeah prioritize other things and that shows up in the way that their their kids approach activity their kids approach food uh, for the rest of their lives so I think it's so well yeah I think you end up having to untangle those bad behaviors for the rest of your life if you aren't raised in an environment where that's there's value placed on healthy living healthy eating healthy you know maintenance of your body like bad choices and bad habits those really take a long time to I think untangle from people's mindsets yeah I I think sometimes they say that 90% of our actions every day are fully subconscious based on things that we learned and habits we created before the age of 7 that's I'm not surprised by that so I I mean, I totally, I totally could have made that stat up, but oh yeah. well, then you got to cite your source. Yeah, I, I think it's pretty close. You know, I think it's pretty close to being accurate. But uh, either way, a lot of the patterns that we just subconsciously go through life exhibiting and and using were developed when we were kids, yeah. taught to us by our parents. Yep. And so, such uh, such a huge part of that is the way that you approach and think about food, uh, the way that you approach just physicality and being active, uh, I think it's huge. Set the role model as a as a dad to show your kids that yeah, being active and thinking about the foods that they eat as nourishing their bodies. Yep, and that's what definitely we try to tell the kids. And it's funny because they, they say like, you know, kids don't like vegetables or kids don't like broccoli. Like, well, guess what? I roasted a, two heads of broccoli the other day. I went upstairs, and when I came downstairs, my kids had taken all of the 
freshly roasted broccoli off the stovetop and had gorged themselves and the two heads were gone. And I couldn't even get mad about it. Like, yeah. that was dinner broccoli, but like, oh, my kids just ate two heads of broccoli. Like, okay, you guys might have a belly issue later, but like, I was happy that they did that instead of going to the cabinet to like get a box of cookies or something and gorge themselves yep. on a box of cookies. Like, I'm not saying that I, I created that habit, but they've been exposed to a lot of foods that they end up liking and they are drawn to that I think a lot of kids you say you have a picky eater as a kid like no you don't have a picky eater you just didn't give them like you gave them too much choice like you said okay you don't like the broccoli like here's whatever thing I'm going to give you instead like you don't give them the choice and then they don't yeah well I mean if if any adult had the choice between which one tastes better ice cream or broccoli I mean, it's like... Depends on how it's made. Yeah, but I mean, I mean like, good. if... All right, so... I hate ice cream, so that's a bad example yeah, for me. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that's a bad example for you. But you don't eat sweets. I don't so eat sweets. To think of something else. Uh, but Bacon uh, fat versus broccoli. Yeah, right. <laughs> Bacon fat's my go-to. Uh, but I think a lot of people, just because they've been ex- exposed to that and, like, given that option to have that over and over again, the hyper-palatable food, now, like, when they have the choice they don't understand they're just choosing what tastes better mm-hmm. to them to them yeah which is yeah. like that totally makes sense right you know, but uh, like I said if you set them up for being able to enjoy good healthy food they will eat it and they they do like it yeah and one of the big things that Jess and I we established with our two is they're not going to like everything like every healthy food is not going to be your jam like but try it you have to try it and I'm not going to let you get away with that just give it a shot if you don't like it okay i'm not gonna force feed you something you hate but give it a shot and then tell me if you like it or don't like it yeah i think that's a good approach give them a little bit of choice but yeah choosing from the better of two good options rather than my kids hate yogurt and like i've had them try it twice three times four times like they just don't like it i'm not gonna make them uh, i don't like yogurt either so (laughs) (laughs) yeah probably where they get it from (laughs) yep oh man so how are you guys gonna spend the summer are you planning on getting back out into society yeah the world I think that I may be resistant at first to the restaurants like I've been I've been doing takeout and I definitely want to support like all of the local businesses that I like to frequent we've been at least weekly, if not a couple times a week, doing takeout. But I don't know if yeah, I see myself going to sit down at a restaurant um, anytime soon, particularly indoors. Um, that might be something that I'm slow to start on. But otherwise, you know, our summers usually consist of going to the beach in the afternoon. We're going to still probably do that because beaches in the afternoon are usually dead. Sitting in the backyard. And I mean, you're going to be apart from people. Yeah. It's very unlikely that there's anything going on there. So, and then we go to my mother's pool, and we're going to still do that. And we hang out with you guys a lot, and we're going to still do that. And so, like, I don't know if a whole lot's going to change. I think the big things for the summertime that will change is that we're going to do some fun things. Some of the the boys are going to do some fun camps. They're going to do uh, a sailing camp. That was a cool one. I think that's basically been canceled. They're still deciding if they're. Yeah, but that. Uh, for other reasons they they have to stay at the 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 daily camp that they're going to be going to so you know some of the the cool things like that there won't be a red sox game probably in our future anyone's future 
Yeah, I don't. We were going to. That's do some, like that summer up here. Is that's going summer. To the Red Sox. Going and I wanted it. My boys are just to the point now where they could like Actually really get a kick up, out of yeah, it. You yeah. know, see what it's like to be in Boston at Fenway and like, you know, we can wait a year and that's okay. People are making more sacrifice than I can avoid going to the Red Sox game and inconveniencing the joys of my summer and spending fifteen dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. So like, there are minor inconveniences ultimately that like. Yeah, my summer won't be the same summer. It'll be structured differently. My boys won't be having the same summer I had when I was five. But we can still make it a fun summer, and they're still going to enjoy it, and they are not going to know any better. But, you know, the the greater good is obviously accomplished by those limited impositions on our daily conveniences. Yeah, now we can just go... We'll rent out a whole month and the vineyard. <laughs> yeah. We'll go post up out there. Exactly. I think that's the best place to be. Yeah. On an island. Except if everyone else goes. To the yeah. Island. The whole city, city of Boston is in yeah. Martha's Vineyard yeah. in that same week. If you're thinking about going to Martha's Vineyard, don't do it. Yeah. No, I hear it's really terrible. There. Yeah. There's lots of cases. Yeah. Unsafe. <laughs> don't, don't go there. It's ugly, yeah. too. Miserable yeah. place. Yeah. No, I, I think... Uh, not much is going to change for us either. We were talking about that the other day that we don't go out downtown or go to bars or restaurants all that often anyway. Nope. So and you weren't going to be doing that with a four month old anyway. No, we were not. And now it's yeah, we're happy to order in. We do that a couple times a week and spend a lot of time with the grandparents who live around the corner. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I think for my Father's Day present, Jess is going to get me either a kayak or a fire pit. Both of which would be... Hey, if you get a kayak, we have kayaks, so we can go kayaking. So maybe I'll just get a fire pit and use one of your kayaks? <laughs> that, yeah, that, that could be, a, could be an option, too. Yeah. So we can hang out around the fire pit. Fire pit. And that's the thing. Like, that's that's summer, too. You know? that's. I don't think things are going to be altered that dramatically. I mean, I think people are going to spend a lot more time outside. That's why I built myself a new patio. Yeah. Nice time to spend. Different than the other patio that you had built before? Yep. What's it made out of this time? Stone. Stone instead of? Well, it's deck and stone. It's it's glorious. You'll see it. All right, deck and stone. Yeah. Not sure I'm picturing this correctly. Well, it's the deck surrounded by stone. It's surrounded by stone. I thought it was like a combination deck and <laughs> stone. Oh, that'd be stone. cool. No, that's my next endeavor. Yeah. Combine the two. Yep. All right. It's well, over. So so quickly. Yeah. Well, we have to put commercials in here too, so it'll yeah, be almost yeah. an hour. I have to sell a bunch of stuff. All, in the all your sponsors here. will be in the yeah. midst of all yep. this. We have a lot. First episode, we're getting sponsored. Yep. Uh, today's sponsor is Harpoon IPA. <laughs> that facilitated this conversation. Yeah. yeah. So Harpoon, its uh, tagline is "Love beer, love life." Did yeah, you know? that works. We're uh, we're going with that right now. Sitting out on the deck, beautiful sunny afternoon. On a Sunday, even though all the days feel exactly the same, it's Glaberch Day or whatever. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I don't know if it picks up on the radio. I think so. I think it would have gotten it. So Harpoon, if you're looking for a podcast to sponsor for your guys, we will drink Harpoon every time that we have a podcast. It's a good summer beer. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me, Dan. I appreciate it, and I uh, I hope to be involved more. Yeah, man. I'm sure we'll have you back on and just involved in future endeavors. Great. Well, good luck. That's the first episode, guys. If you want more, subscribe, like, check it out. I don't know. Whatever you do for podcasts, I'm not quite sure yet. Uh, we'll figure that out too, I guess. And uh, we'll talk again soon. Later. Later.